What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Blaine and Mickey with Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Four five the zone. The Titans are going to practice tomorrow, and then they're going to practice Thursday, and then they're going to go to London and they're going to play a football game on Sunday. That's what they're going to do. Ooh. And it, Ravens are over there today having tea and crumpets. They're already there. They already left. Yeah, they left. Did they leave Monday? I, I believe they left last night. Okay. Yeah, think? Monday. Yesterday, Monday night. Yeah, Sunday. It's to two, It's today's Tuesday. Oh, and yeah. so now they're they're resting. This is their off day. Yeah. Top tier says in the F and M bank chat the Ravens are relaxing, checking out Big Ben, eating beans on toast. I hope the Titans aren't like zombies on Sunday. He said getting over there so late. I wonder what's the theory behind when you leave or don't leave. You know, all those coaches kind of talk to each other. You know about the itineraries. I'm sure it was made a long time ago. Probably in the summertime or something. I have Coach Mack on. I wrote that question down because oh, he yeah. would have been part of a bunch of staffs and he's played all over okay. Germany and England and everywhere else. So, man, I guess everybody's got their own philosophy. Did we go anywhere? We never, the Titans, we never went anywhere. When you and me? No. We no, don't. we don't go anywhere. Oh, you're talking about the Titans. <laughs> uh, uh, when, when I was playing, I mean, we, we you played play. in Mexico, right? Yeah, when I was, I was a Wooler there. Yeah. Mm hmm. I, I don't remember your Titans ever never, leaving we never this continent. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's team is leaving the continent now. That was Owners were like, here's what we'll do. Um, 17 games, and everybody goes somewhere now. Everybody. What's 18 going to look like then? Oh, everybody goes two places. How do you like Munich this time of year? Buenos Aires. People go, hey, man. <laughs> NFL's, we're making billions, and our operation is pretty much in America. What if we just really spread this thing out? How What's long, after billions? How long until there's an international team? Oh, the Jags right now. I'd be learning, you know, I'd be getting my bus pass for Europe, my Euro rail pass renewed. I keep saying I think they're going to go. I, Blaine, you were, you were like, they're, they're, they'll go back to Jacksonville, but they're just going to put a team there. It's what they got to do. Yeah, because they're supposed to be building uh, real estate, and he's getting to, you know, put up some money to, I guess, build a new stadium or renovate uh, the one they're at. So that's, I don't know if you're leaving. If you're doing all that, if you are, then they're going to get another team there. Yeah. I would think if that blows up, though, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do, though, with the AFC South? Because that ain't south of anything. I mean, <laughs> that's, then, and then all of us would get – a trip to London every year to play them as the road game, the London Guard, a.k.a. the Jags. Mm. I wondered at some point, would they just have a division over there? A division, like four teams. That in, But yep. still, though, that doesn't solve everybody else's travel problems. Yeah, I was about to say, with, and I think the Buffalo Bills this past weekend kind of showed the issues with the travel because Jacksonville was there for two weeks, and Buffalo had to travel over there, so 
they were still in jet lag. Well, Jacksonville kind of got used to it, and you saw in the game, mm. Buffalo looked sluggish. They couldn't they, do anything. They they were not. They were. They looked like they were moving in slow motion. I mean, luckily they have Josh Allen as their quarterback, who's just a freak athletically and able to keep them in the game. But but he couldn't freak his way all the way out of that. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, you can tell they were sleepwalking because that's you know your body's on a time clock and it goes eight o'clock. I'm supposed to be just waking up. And that's what time you're playing over there from here. See? I just, I, I hate it. And I never played pro football, Blaine. You did. I just, I think in a game where there's so much at stake physically, I don't think you should fly people across multiple time zones on fields they never stepped on where they're really not made for football. I just think there's everything in the world wrong with it. I think you should play football in your stadium or the other team's stadium in America. And I think that's where you should play. I didn't even like the – remember they had an exhibition game in Canada a few years ago, and they got up there, the end zone didn't work. The field wasn't right. There was a hole where the goalpost had been in the middle of the end zone. They just forgot to fix the field before the game in Canada. So imagine the problems – I I just hate it. I don't like sending teams to Europe. If you want to say, we're going to start the We Laugh Again, World League of American Football, and we'll just have the – they'll just – it'll be a division of the USXFL, and they'll just only play each other over there. Then that's fine, and it's a you're there all the time, and you're always on that continent, and the fields are made for you to play on. The way you're, I, I'm I'm at least maybe okay with that, but I, I hate the idea of sending football teams to Europe. I hate it. Well, how are you going to grow your brand? I know. I just send them a better cable package or something. <laughs> play some games. I, I don't know. Play a little earlier, a little bit later, and tell them they can watch when the game is on. I, I don't know. Everybody's trying to expand their brand. I get it. Yeah. I you know, it, nobody ever thinks about, you know, how much time it took to get over there. And then when you're watching them on TV as fans, I'm a fan. And then, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm not even thinking about, man, I wonder what time they got there. Oh, man, this is 8 o'clock your time. Because every time I turn the game on, I'm just not turning. I'm going, oh, I forgot this game is on. Right. I'm like, man, oh, man, you be playing at 7, 8 o'clock. So then imagine what time do you have to get up. Now, all of a sudden, now you're getting up at 5. Now, all of a sudden, this changes everything. It's not just when you're playing. The whole time clock. That's why you probably don't see till teams uh, that is affecting the most until after halftime. Oh, now I'm ready to go. Because guess what? That's the normal time kickoff, probably. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not a fan. I get it though. They need more billions than what they already yeah, have. They don't care about no time clock. Get used to it, I bro. Know. Yeah, suck it up, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell you who got sucked up into the play of. A game here on American soil. That was Micah Parsons. We ended the last hour. We're talking about this. I said, let me bookmark this because I want to make a point. Watch the 49ers and the Cowboys play. Micah Parsons. You know how many sacks he had? Zero. You know how many TFL? Zero. You know how many quarterback hits? Zero. You know how how many different people hit him in that game? All of them. People came out of the stands to hit him. We were talking after the Titans played the Browns. That's what you call having a plan for somebody. Hey, man, everybody's going to hit him. Everybody. It'll be like that scene where Chris Tucker goes, which one of y'all kicked me? Where, remember that in the movie with him and Jackie Chan? Which one? I don't want to do it in his voice. I know. Which one of y'all kicked me? He, he, people just hitting him. Mm-hmm. I mean, hitting him from, from every, all different angles. He, he was hot, mad. Because he could. He, he felt like, mm-hmm. And this is when you say, we get the superstar, and we're going to see if y'all other players can beat us. 
That's what the, you're right, Mickey. They should have. That's they the had same. a play players for Miles Garrett. Okay. You want to hear the numbers for Miles Garrett? How many sacks do you think he had against the Titans who had no plan? Three and a half. Three and a half. Right. How many TFLs do you think he had? Six. At three. Three. How many times did he hit Tannehill? A lot. Five. Because <gasps> they had no plan. He wrecked the game. He did to the Titans what the 49ers did to Parsons. He hit everybody in his way. Sometimes he didn't hit him. He just ran. He just he just ran around. <laughs> he just ran around him. That I was actually pissed watching that game. Like this is what you do. Everybody hits this guy, and we kept talking about the thing with Miles Garrett. Like you couldn't pull somebody and wham block him. Yeah. You couldn't have some mystery tight end come and declate him like they did the lights out that time. Down on him and uh, running right at him. Yep. Nobody did nothing right at nobody. Sorry, that's bad did he, grammar. Did he ever get doubled in that game? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I you remember the tight ends was up there trying to. Yeah, they, they moved their motion to their uh, sports. was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I remember. I remember getting forth on the sideline laughing at the Titans. Yeah, Be, because the, 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 the Miles Garrett got up and moved to the other side, and the two tight ends didn't move. To the you other said side. go where he goes, and then he went. They went back, and then they went. Back. You and know those dudes are like you great. said to go wherever he does. That's, right? that's where he caused the uh, the timeout, right? Yeah. Uh, so we yeah. so the Titans wouldn't get the delay that's game. That's how you saw, yeah. Man. Yeah, that was that's that is having a plan though on both sides of the ball every game. Man, you're scoring it. thirty points a game and your defense is just smothering people. But offensively, they're so much fun to watch. And they got Debo. I love Debo. And McCaffrey is just a he's so much fun to watch. MVP candidate? And then they hit the lottery of all lotteries, mm. but they developed him, Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant is a and, – and stop he's, with the game manager and stop with the – he does it. Man, he does it all. Stop yeah. it. Stop I, that. I was, I was talking uh, with a couple of my buddies that right now, effectiveness-wise, he's a top five, maybe even top three quarterback in the league. Just pure effectiveness of the game. Maybe not talent-wise, but just pure ability mm-hmm. to – And he's just to, a baller. To, to play football – at a high level right now. Yeah, he was throwing some, I mean, darts. I mean, it was like, whoa, dang. He was throwing those deep crossers where the linebacker is right there over the and top. underneath the safety. Oh, oh, it was that beautiful. is like football beautiful. porn. Yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. He, the guy who can throw over the linebacker and under the safety regularly like yeah, that, it is beautiful did he to ever, watch. Did he ever look, at, look like that at Iowa State? I didn't see too much Iowa State. I, yeah, I, I, I can't. Back. Because I, I, I don't, I don't remember very many highlights from Brock Purdy at Iowa. State. <laughs> well, part of that is he well, was in the witness protection they a, program. They had a lot of success while he was there, though. Yeah, I yeah. do know that. So obviously he was dropping some, and then he had a couple of receivers. I think are both are in the league now. One just went like first, second round last year. Yeah, that's some good players around him. Um, and the running backs with he's got the some Jets. good players around yeah. him right now. Sure does. So I, yeah, and I'm, I'm not picking on Iowa State. We just. You don't get their games on TV yeah. here. It's just not something that we see much of in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. But holy cow. Now think about that. <laughs> They're doing this, and they missed on a first-round quarterback. Well, that's why they can afford. They afforded to trade him. Yep. They trade the first-round Trey Lance, who was on the other side. <laughs> that was funny. He got his hair cut. He was very clean. He was clean cut now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was about to get cut. All right, we got to cut this segment short. Coach Mack is set to join us next. We'll get his. What does he think about when you should travel to London? We'll ask him that and a whole bunch more next.
Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Hear that music, you know, it only means one thing. Coach Mack brought to you by Two Rivers Ford, Middle Tennessee's most trusted local Ford dealer for 40 years. Coach Dave McGinnis joins us now as we bring him in. Coach, you got to ask Coach about the the boat. Oh, cruise. cruise. Coach, you ever been on a cruise? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm materially opposed to doing it. And I got grilled in the F and M bank chat. I don't want anything to do with it. What, what's 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 been the thing that kept you off the boat? I just hadn't had time to do it. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. Okay. No. I mean, they, they look they look pretty big. I mean, it, 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 to me, I've talked to a lot of my friends that have gone on it. They absolutely loved it. I think it depends on what kind you go on and who you're with. I know a lot of guys that have taken their families on that Disney cruise that say it's the best thing they've ever done. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, you <laughs> you and I were texting back and forth. I know you, for people who maybe don't know your background, you spent a lot of years in Chicago, and you got to know some of the greatest Bears who were also some of the greatest football players who ever lived. The great Dick Buck has passed away, and I, I certainly wanted to, to, to honor him and to talk about him just a little bit because we haven't had you on since that happened. And I know he's somebody you were probably lucky enough to even get to know personally. Well, I did. I spent a lot of time with Dick because when I went there, uh, he was doing just what I'm doing for the Titans now. He was the color on the radio mm-hmm. with Wayne Larrabee for five years when I was there. And so, you know, basically, you know, four days a week at least, and then all during training camp, I would talk linebacker play with Dick Butkus. I mean, that was a pretty good indoctrination into the NFL. I mean, and it was uh, and it, it was really cool. And then, you know, he and Mike Dicka were very, very close. And then, you know, when Dick left Chicago, he moved to Florida. But when he got into the movies, he moved to Hollywood. And so whenever we'd go out there to play the Raiders or we'd play the Rams out there, he had, he had moved. He had a place in Malibu, and we'd always go to his place to eat. And then, you know, he would, he would take us out to, to places in Malibu. I mean, really, really a good human being. And, of course, it, it goes without saying, I mean, iconic iconic i mean great linebackers in this league genuflect uh to dick buckets in his game mike singletary ray lewis just start naming them off i mean they all held dick buckets in very very high esteem and uh i was very fortunate for five years to be able to be very closely associated with him he helped me a lot uh, as a very young coach uh, as to what it took not only physically you know, to, to talk about linebacker play and the techniques and things like that, but what it took mentally to play too. And so he was, uh, uh, we've lost an icon there. For sure. Um, 
we're talking about defense and, and playing tough defense. You don't often see the Titans defense get gassed the way they did in the run game on Sunday, but but that's what happened. Mike Vrabel was asked about it after the game, and even again Monday talked about guys playing peekaboo around their their blocks and and getting blocked and not filling run gaps. What all did you see that went wrong there with the Titans' run game? Well, he's exactly right. I mean, playing good playing run defenses, there's that's no mystery to it, and there's no magic pill to it. I mean, you know, those gaps have not changed since football started. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've got to have everybody in them, and then you've got to be. Able, but you also have to be able to play knockback, and you got to get extension and. You know, hat and hands and extend and then keep your arm free in the gap that, that, that you're controlling and then shed and get off of blocks. And, and then the second level's got to fill, you know, where those gaps, where those gaps aren't. And so then you build a wall. But if you start peeking around a wall and start trying to run behind blocks, and then all of a sudden you've got cracks in your wall. And that's what happened. And the disappointing part, and I'm frustrated with it, uh, you know, very much so is that Really, you know, when they needed to run it, they could run it, and that's, uh, you know, that that's just that's not a good feeling. I mean, it it it's happened to me coaching defense before, uh, you know, not a lot because you know you always take pride in being able to play good run defense. Uh, Blaine was on those same types of teams, but it takes discipline all across the board, and and it's and it's an all day all day job. There's no easy way around uh, playing good run defense, and uh, you know, there's no worse feeling than having somebody you know, be able to impose their will on you running the football. Coach Mack brings us to Mack Attack every Tuesday at this time, and he is joining us right now. Well, Coach, uh, what's the uh, – I know it was a big discussion before the game started about the roof being open or closed. Was it open? Yeah, it was open. And, I mean, that, you know, I mean, they also had a band in the concourse, that, you know, one of Jim Mercer's favorite band called Dude. You know, that he, that he really thought that every time they played in the concourse, they won too. So he was pulling out all stops, roof, dude, everything he had. So, you know, I don't blame him. I'm not sure it had a big effect on the way they played. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, well, with uh, Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. Coach, I want to talk to you about when coaching in, uh, you know, a defensive back, naturally corner, uh, have you had any experience when they're kind of going through, you know, pressing? I'm going to call it pressing and technical issues when you've seen them do it the other way how do you help a player get out of that uh what's some buttons you would try to push to get them whether that individual works for that individual or any other individual i'm just interested when you've gone through something like or any player even at linebacker yeah well you you just can't you can't you can't try to manufacture plays you've got to play technique especially on the corner and really everywhere and then let the plays come to you rather than trying to manufacture plays and, and trying to, you know, predetermine, you know, what you're, what you're going to do as far as, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're in man to man, I mean, you've got to, you've got to get in phase and stay with your man and then, and then look to break it up. And you can't look back at the quarterback. I mean, that, that, that's the number one violation in man defense is looking at the quarterback. You can't do it. You know, you just can't do it. And then you, you know, when you start, when you start doing those types of things and grasping at straws to try to make up for bad plays, then all of a sudden you see it start compounding. And that's, uh, you know, that's just not acceptable. And the other thing that happens is, and you played back there some, and you know that any 
mistake back there is magnified because mm-hmm. you know you can make a mistake in the front seven. Now we saw mistakes made in the front seven, and they were able to run the football. But that you know that's grinding it out on you, except for that fifty-six yarder that was a gap violation, and you're playing plus one on the quarterback. And but when you're playing back there in the in the back end, I mean those things are are very very evident. And here's the other thing: if they if your opponent, if your opponent, and and, and that's all that's all coaches do in the box and that's all players do on the field. You did it. You came out, you know, you'd come out and say, Hey, look, we've got this guy. This guy's struggling. We can tell he's trying to overcompensate one way or the other. Let's go after him. The only way you put that fire out is you've got to get back to your fundamentals and you've got to start trusting what you what you know is right and will work for you instead of trying to make things up on the fly. No doubt about it. We're with Coach Mack giving us the the Mac attack. Coach, uh where were you in your traveling days and coaching days with the team on those European trips? Because people are kind of noticing some contrasting styles. So the Ravens were like, we're just going to go first thing this week. And Rabel said, we'll practice on Thursday and then we'll go. What all goes about determining how you're going to do that? Well, it, it, I mean, I've, I've been over there. This might be my sixth time overseas. Yeah. So I've done it. I've done it both ways. I mean, I've gone and spent a week over there. Uh, you know, and then I've gone. You know, I've gone on on Thursday. It's the same the same way we're we're, we're doing here. I've I've also been on a team when I was in L.A. We played Detroit at Detroit, and then never went back to L.A. We flew from Detroit over there to London. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've done it all different ways, and it really it really. First of all, your ops people. I mean, you've got to trust them and getting everything set up, regardless of how you go. But if I, I myself preferred, and and you've got to, you, I mean, there's ways that you you adjust your sleep pattern and your 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 food intake and your caffeine intake three or four days before you go, so that you could you you know you go to sleep about two hours into the flight and you can get it. I mean, it's not like it's not like you're flying to Australia. It's not 18 hours, you know. And so you can you can do things on a, on a shorter trip. And, you know, the last time I went with the, over, over there with the Titans, I mean, they, they played a good football game. They just didn't make a two point play at the end of the game. So, uh, and look, I know Harbaugh's going over there early because he went over there late. He went over there, you know, for two days ahead last time and got drilled by Jacksonville. Now, I'm not <laughs> sure that I'm not sure that's, but the coaches, if they're successful doing it one way, they'll do it. If they're not successful doing it one way, then they'll want to flip and do it the other way. But, look, I've done it both ways. I prefer going over, you know, and, and doing everything you can at home, and then, but also being able to do the things you need to do with your body and your sleep patterns and your, and your food intake, your caffeine intake. All of that stuff matters because, you know, I've traveled enough overseas to know that stuff matters too, you know, as far as the way that you can, can combat that, that jet lag uh, w- when you get over there. So <clears throat> I prefer doing it like the Titans are doing it, but there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, you just – at the end of the day, you're going to be over there in place. I, I've gone with a team before where we stayed a week, and it was way too long because, you know, things happened that got you focused off of the ball game. So, as I said, I've done it six times, so I've done it every which way to Sunday that you can do it. I prefer doing it like the Titans are doing it. Well, when they get over there, they're going to see the Ravens' offense. What are you seeing with them under O.C. Todd Munkin this season? 
Well, first of all, I think Lamar Jackson's throwing the football much better than he's ever thrown it down the field. I yeah. mean, he really is. And he, mm. He's got some some guys. I mean, they had nine drops in that ball game they lost. Now, yeah. I don't think you can count on a professional team dropping it nine times every week. You know, they had they had nine drops. And so that's number one. And, and number two is they're still making him an important part of their run game, and they're going to pull G schemes, and they're going to pull people out in front of him where he's the primary runner, much like – you know, some of these other teams are doing when their quarterback is a, is a, is a primary runner. So that makes you plus one, you know, back there in the, in the back end as far as, as far as defense goes. But the thing that I noticed about him is, is that he's throwing the football so much better. He's throwing the football on time. He's got some rhythm with his throwing. And as I said, he's got guys open. They had nine, they had nine smooth drops in that last ball game. And so you can't, you can't, bank on that happening but what you have to be able to do is you have to know that also you've got to keep him contained they've played him before and you know that anytime that he gets that he gets outside that pocket and starts moving then all of a sudden it's the same thing as last week that they prepared for you know when Richardson was still in the ball game is, is the plaster on the back end and so all of that stuff is still alive and I'm sure they're looking at that last film going you know what we're going to run this football uh, until they stop it and so uh, they've got a they've got a challenge ahead of them, but the challenge is really it's really not the Baltimore offense. The challenge for this defense is to challenge themselves to get back to playing fundamental football like they have before. Coach Matt giving us the Mac attack here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Coach, when you look at the Titans defense in the Colts game, we're talking about fundamentals, uh, man. Uh, you know, having your pieces to the puzzle too as well. How much do you think they missed here at Tart? Well, I mean, that, you know, clearly he's a big body that's in there, mm-hmm. but I mean, still, you know, somebody else is in there. It's the same gap. You still have the same people on the shade. You got, and, and really, it wasn't just one position that was no, no, right, 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 right. It was not a run, you know. And look, you're going to be missing pieces all the time. Mm-hmm. So whoever else is in there, but everybody, everybody has to play their part successfully, especially for you know this, especially for run defense to be well. So I'll tell you, more than missing Tart, missing a lot of tackles was a big problem, too. Mm, There you have it. So with that being said, and then Lamar Jackson looking great in the passing game, as long as he's going to get guys dropping the ball, how long of a leash would you have on, uh, you know, Christian Fulton? I don't know. I don't know Christian Fulton as a person. And no, I no, I'm been, talking about as a player. Yeah, I haven't been in a meeting room with you. I don't know what's going on. I know this. That you 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 cannot. This is a production league. I mean, this is a production league. And if you're not producing, then sooner or later somebody else is going to be in your spot. I have no idea how long his leash is, but uh, but I know that he can't be happy with what's transpired. Mm, no doubt about it. Now let's talk a little bit of coach about the red zone, which the Titans have had a lot of success in coming into the season. The red zone every year is its own new year. They move the football twenty to twenty all day long against the Colts. Did you see anything there on film that maybe, or even while you were uh, watching during the game, that maybe they could have taken advantage of in the red zone? Well, no, I mean they moved it even yeah, further they down. They 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 got in the low red zone too. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the first thing that has to happen is if you're going to run it in, you got to block people. Okay, I mean that's just that's number one, and then number two, you know, if you're if you're going to throw it, you still got to block people so you have time, and then you've got to separate. You know, I didn't. I didn't break it down seeing exactly what happened. I mean, you know, you had the one pass that was open that Henry missed, but you can't you can't, you know, blame, you know, Henry a whole lot a whole lot for that. It was a great play design. He just 
threw it a little high. You know, Hop mm-hmm. made a great effort to get a hold of it. Just he got he got his feet down. It was just a little too little too high for him. But uh, to me, I mean, it, again, it still goes back to now. Uh, you know this, and and our listeners do too. The red zone, everything squeezes down, so mm-hmm. everything has to happen faster for you offensively in the red zone, and and you have to make very very quick decisions down there. That's why defensively you play different. I mean, there's a difference in playing cover two out in the middle of the field than there is playing you know, red two down, you know, in, in inside, inside. There's a difference in playing box technique down there in the red zone as there is in playing, you know, the triangle technique out on the field in coverage. Everything's squeezed down there, but your decisions have to be quick. They have to be precise. And then you cannot have you, – if you're going to throw it, you can't have any penetration down there because those throws have to come out so quick that you have to be sure that you've got a hat on a hat really, really fast. And so to me, that's the one big, that's a big key, you know, for success for this ball game and really for the rest of them, they are moving the football. I thought the throwing game was as good as it's been. You know, I mean, they, they were moving the football down the field, but you have to score touchdowns in the red zone because score separation in this league is paramount and you could see where it hurt us there at Indy. Coach, on the way out, uh, I know we talked some about the Ravens' offense and what they're good at. The Ravens' defense, they got a young D.C. Uh, it's like 36 years old, but they're good at everything. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are as a defensive coordinator if your players are good. Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't. And, you know, they, they look, they are playing, they are playing, they are playing really good defense, but that's kind of, that's kind of been their mantle since they've been there. I mean, all you've got to do is start looking back and regardless – you know they've got the same head coach there for a long time, so mm-hmm. they they have they have got something they have to live up to defensively there. Now they've got good players on that on that defense, and the other thing that's helping them, as I said, I think you know with the way the offense is being able to move the football now. You know, it used to be you could load up against the run. You know, back back in the day you know, against Lamar Jackson, and just say, okay, go ahead and throw it. Well, the way they're they're doing it now two-dimensionally running it, and his throwing has really, really improved. Well, then, as you're, as you're playing defense, you've got to understand if he if they're going to move their ball on offense and you get a score separation, then you've got a chance to do some things. And uh, I, I'm very impressed. This is a good football team. It's a very good football team, as I said. I watched that last game. It would have been a much different result without those nine drops on offense, I promise you. Coach, enjoy the trip. Is there one thing that you most look forward to on these trips? Is it beating the international fans? Is it the stuff you get to eat? Is it things you get to see? What does Coach Mack enjoy most about international NFL trips? Well, I've been fortunate enough, as I said, to be over there, you know, quite a few times. What, what I really enjoy, what I enjoy now, I mean, when I was coaching, I mean, I was you just look forward to the game. Right. Because now with what I'm doing, I, I look forward to, to – to mixing with our fans over there. I mean, I, I really look forward to that because we'll have a big following over there, just like we had a big following up there in Indianapolis. And, you know, I went to an event, you know, the night before with, with the fans. I mean, I get to do that now and what I'm doing, and I'm looking forward to that, absolutely looking forward to that. And then, you know, broadcasting games uh, over there, uh, since I've done it with Titans Radio, is it's always, it's always fun, and it's a lot more fun when we win. Coach, enjoy the trip, and uh, can't wait to hear about all of it when we join you this same time next week. Thank you, sir. 
Guys, appreciate both of you. See you guys. Coach. One and only Coach Mac. All right, when we come back, a wild scheduling quirk for the Titans. I got to looking ahead last night. I noticed something kind of crazy. A wild scheduling quirk for the Tennessee Titans. We'll tell you about it next. You were quirking? Wait a Mickey, 1045 The Zone. I'll give you a bonus scheduling quirk. Nashville Predators open the entire NHL season this afternoon at the Lightning. Oh, wow. That's it. 430. 430. Yeah. Hey, man. Good news. Y'all are playing the first game. Bad news. It's at 430. You're going to have to be at the rink early, boys. Mm. Preds, tonight, 430. Uh, everything gets started. I, here you go. Preds get the first crack at this NHL regular season. And here's my Titan scheduling court. We had a couple of phone calls where Coach Mack was on. If you want to sneak those in, 615-737-1045. Mm, I want to ask Coach Mack, which linebacker, middle linebacker we take? Big Buckus, Mike Singletary, or Ray Lewis? Ooh. Mm. Boy, that's tough. <laughs> I knew I had you. The position had evolved so much by the time it got to Ray. Like, just what he looked like and what he could do physically. He looked like a different person than the people from the 60s. But there's no modern NHL, or I'm sorry, NFL linebacking without Buckus. Like, all the linebacker awards are literally the Buckus awards. Mm -hmm. And I know we didn't get to see him play, but, man, I've been an insomniac my whole life. I've watched more NFL films on Buckus. But you felt like you watched him play. Oh, gosh, I've watched everything about him. Yes, right. I mean, just the name Dick Butkus. That's a football name. Oh, man. He was dirty and nasty. He would get penalized all the time if he played. Mike Singletary is pretty darn good, too, though. <laughs> coach Mack got to coach him. I, know, I, I mean, he got to coach Mike either. Singletary. It was his birthday yesterday, too. It was Singletary's birthday. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. We can ask Mack about that maybe next week. He's got a story for everything. Uh, this is my story about the Titans. Do you guys know when the last time the Titans won a road game? You know the answer to this. Mr. Braves had it there. I bet he knows. You'd have to know this. Against the Atlanta Falcons. No. Uh, no. <laughs> I know. I thought you were giving me hints. It was a game that, that all the good times ended after that. Somebody had too many good times, apparently, it was on the, the Green plane Bay on the way back. It was oh, the, the Green Bay Packers Boy, game. you try to throw that guy me somebody had too much of a good time. I mean, I, I'm just slipping that in. You are wrong I'm just slipping that in. Noctrop says GB in the F&M BC. That's bank chat. I'm rolling with you there. So I got to thinking about this. It seems like a really weird stretch where they don't play at home. The Titans have one. They have one. This month. No. They have one true home game. Because this, because you pointed out this earlier, you just, this is what made me think like, I wrote this down in my notes. I have to bring this up. You were like, well, I mean, this is a home game, you know, in London Sunday. It's a home game for the Titans. It's a home game. So we win our home game. <laughs> that was the fun of the joke. So, it, well, they haven't won a road game since last November 17th in Green Bay. That's the last time they won. So we're almost at a full calendar year mm-hmm. since they've won a game not at Nissan Stadium. I almost said at Adelphia Coliseum. Just, I almost just said that. <laughs> they have one true home time. game. In 56 days of schedule. 
Now think about that. All the tailgaters and the people who like to go to that's Nissan's a month and a half. Um, I mean that's that's really four days short of two months. Oh, dang! It, so that means we go. Do you like, ever remember anything like that where you just told your family, like, "Hey, man, I, I'm just not going to be home for the next six weeks. We're no, going to go play somewhere else." Weekend. Yep. Not not the whole entire. Time. The only one that they have at home is is the Atlanta Tennessee Foul Titans come here. October 29th, Art Smith and all of the former Titans. I'm hoping That's he can sign a couple more by then. That's the only one in 56 days. They played at home against the Bengals on October 1st. They don't play other than the one time against the Atlanta Tennessee Falcons. That's the only time they play at home other than or all the way up until the Panthers come here on November 26 from October 1st to November 26th, they have one game at Nissan Stadium. Dang. Well, they trying to bamboozle the, us. The one, That's uh, a terrible scheduling they, they to do to a team. The one upside to that is if you get through that road or that away from home stretch, you close out the season with a lot of home games, don't you? I would assume like three or four in a row. And so if, if you can string a couple wins together in that road stretch, you're going to have at least some advantage. I think it's basically five of seven to close out the season. I so mean, you, that, that's, you do get the momentum. But here's the thing. You got to get there. You got to get there. Yeah. You know, we all thought, how do they make it through the first six games? Could they be three? And th- if they were three and three, if they finish this thing three and three, this first oh, gauntlet, like, if they roll yeah. back with a win, I- I'll be like, good. They're square, three and three, whatever happens from here. But if they show up two and six, and two then and they four. play two one, and four. two and four, rather, and then they play one home game in 56 days. Ooh. I mean, you could end that with a bunch of dudes not being part of the current plan anymore. Yeah, yeah they they checking out. I mean, who would be the quarterback? Uh, uh, what, 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 at what record would you say that that thought creeps in? That is the million-dollar question right there. At what point? That, because... As a caller brought up one day, we we kicked this open, and the caller, it was either somebody in the chat or called in and said, here's the only thing to kind of throw away the record. You're only as good or bad as the AFC South. What if everybody's 500? Well, you're not going to. If you're 500 too or close to it, you'll be like, we still got a chance. I think it, I, I almost think it would be till they're eliminated, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Now, you get eliminated, I, I would, all bets are off. I would have the wildest week of competition between Willis and Levis. I, oh. Boy, I'd have them out there trying to win that job. I, oh, just, I, boy, they both would be playing in the game some form or fashion. Yeah, yeah. it'd be like a preseason game. You can get half, you get a half, whatever mm-hmm. it is. The winner of the competition. Once they get eliminated, it's, it's what I've kind of pushed upon myself. Is, so if the Jags start to run away with this or the Colts or somebody or there's five games left and you this gauntlet just kills you, okay, I mean, once you get eliminated, I, I would take all bets are off. I get everybody as much playing time as I could. I'd figure out the quarterback for next year. I'd have Spears out there running buck wild. That's what I would do. I'd be playing for the future. Not now, though. I'm playing for right now. Now. Unfortunately, our right now is now over because now it's time for 3HL. So in the meantime, in between time, peace. peace. I mean, right now. So-
searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.